0: discuss Zelda lore. I'm Crystal, and with me today, as always, is Cameron. Hi! Cameron, today we're going to discuss The Legend of Zelda, Seeds of the Mysterious Tree, Chapter of Earth.
1: Boy, that... I, mm, I don't know if I prefer the Japanese title in this case. Uh, do you prefer Oracle of Seasons? It's... it's a lot more to the point, I think. Well, uh, okay, but what, what's, what's the Oracle? What's the Oracle of Seasons? Let's deal with this game. Okay, uh, well... God, that's actually an interesting question, because even though one of the characters in it, Din, I assume named for the goddess Din, is described as an oracle, she doesn't play the role of like the oracle of Delphi, where she's a person who speaks with the voice of the gods or anything like that. Rather, she seems to be important because she is tied some way to the passing of the seasons, and I'm not sure what they mean by calling her an oracle. Or why they she, named her Din. She's a special girl. She's very special and magical. And but it's not clear why. It's not super clear why. Like, it, she in some way is tied to the passing of the Seasons. But she doesn't seem to be the person actually in charge of making them go. Or maybe she is. Because it only returns to normal once you rescue her. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Oracle of Seasons is a woman named Din... And she's a dancer, and she's very magical and important, and uh, she plays an interesting role in the game, I guess.
0: It's my understanding that she is, in fact, responsible
1: for regulating the seasons of Holodrum. So it's like when she's not doing it, they just don't move, even when everything else is in place. Right, she has the power to change the seasons,
0: but generally prefers to let them flow naturally.
1: I see. Okay, well, that makes sense. Is she the one who regularly owns the Rod of Seasons? I think she knows where it is okay, and what helps Link find it. Okay, so the setting of this game is a little bit weird, though, because when you first play it, it seems like it's meant to be an immediate... No, that's not super clear until you finish the game on the true path. But in some ways, it feels like it could be a sequel to A Link to the Past, the way that it's framed there, because the game starts off with Link going to Hyrule Castle... And the Triforce is there, right? Mm-hmm. And he speaks to the Triforce, and the Triforce goes, Okay, Link, we got some stuff you need to take care of. Off you go! And it literally zaps Link away to another land that's so far away that nobody has any idea who he is.
0: Now, okay, there's a few questions to ask you. Okay. First of all, why does the Triforce care about
1: Holodrum? Uh, hmm. I guess the Triforce in this case just has a very strong and active moral compass. Uh, Well, I guess when you consider the
0: overarching story of the Oracle series, it might be trying to prevent the
1: resurrection of Ganon. Well, if it's doing that, then it's doing a pretty poor job of it. Right. And if the Triforce wanted to do something explicitly, couldn't it just do it? Well, the Triforce works in mysterious ways. Being given a quest by the Triforce doesn't make any sense. Why not? Because... It implies, you're usually given a quest by someone who cannot go and do a thing for themselves. Right. The Triforce is absolutely capable of doing a thing for itself. Well, okay, why didn't God just free the slaves instead of making Moses do it? Actually, you could argue that God did free the slaves, both by empowering Moses and by... Oh, uh, well, actually, that whole sequence was kind of fucked up. You remember that part of that story... Where, where God specifically hardens the Pharaoh's heart so he does not let his people go. Right. That was fucked up. Yeah, uh-huh. It's like, I, I'm not done giving these plagues yet. That part always bothered me when I was younger.
0: Well, there's alternate ways of reading that, I think.
1: Yeah? I don't know. I was a very literal-minded kid, I guess. But, yeah, the Triforce. So, this equivocation here, it's like... It's still weird to be given a quest by the Triforce, both because the Triforce itself is supposed to be the end of all quests and because it's giving the Triforce an agency in the world that it has not previously had. Yeah, this is really the only time you get a quest from the Triforce. Yeah, it does some weird things with the canon, the Oracle series does. And the Oracle games also do some other weird things with the canon in their own way even outside of that, because you show up in Holodrum, and you meet Impa, right? hmm And I think she's the first person you meet. Yes, I believe so. Like, you're crashed in Holodrum, and the Triforce basically just slams you into a tree somewhere, and you're out cold, and Impa finds you, and she's like, Oh, hey, what's up, kid? I'm Princess Zelda's nursemaid. I've sure never heard of you, which would seem to discount the idea that this is a Direct sequel to A Link to the Past, probably. Well, you, you did never meet Impa in A Link to the Past. I kind of assumed she was dead in A Link to the Past. Or
0: maybe she's just off with Zelda on her own adventure. It's a it's a different Zelda, because all the daughters of the king are named Zelda.
1: It's not just the first daughters, it's every daughter. Right, by law. Oh, by law, right, okay. It, so, the law didn't say first daughter. I, mm, I guess it probably didn't. So, do you think the adventure of Link backstory kind of assumed there would only be one daughter at a time? I, uh, I mean, typically royal
0: families are not known
1: for being small. I guess, but the Hyrulean royal family definitely is. To our knowledge, yeah. I mean, we can only operate based off our knowledge, right?
0: Well, maybe it's notable that the times when there's the most
1: conflict is when there's only a small royal family. Yeah, but we have never been. Get- you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll drop that for now. But regardless, it automat- it just starts off with some weird spots in that it creates this expectation that you're coming off of a setting that you're familiar with but hurls you into one in which nobody knows you. And that plays into it a little bit later when you actually meet Princess Zelda. No, that isn't what happens right here. So uh, Imp is hanging out with a traveling band of entertainers. Mm-hmm. And one of them, a dancer, is Den, who you will... Do not know at the time is the Oracle of Seasons. And the whole opening sequence of the game, which is kind of cute in its own way, is that you hang out with all these entertainers, and they play music, and Din dances, and she invites Link to dance, and everybody's having a good party-style time, right? Mm -hmm. And at this time, the evil shows up, and it is... In this sequence, basically a black tornado that throws everybody all over hill and dale before kidnapping Din. And this is interesting to me because uh, most of the time in Zelda games, you, when you get cutscenes, especially Zelda games that predate this, they're all rooted very firmly in Link's perspective, right? Right. Like, you never really get any sequences in Link to the Past where. The player knows something that hasn't also been revealed to Link. Right. But in Oracle of Seasons, one of the very first sequences you see is Din and the Black Tornado, which has uh, revealed itself to be Onox, the General of Darkness in Onox's or- His fortress, and he's holding Din captive, uh, chained to a rock. And you hear him outline his evil plan without link being there to hear it for himself and i'm not sure but i think that might be a series first are you sure i no i'm not sure specifically but i think it might be okay i mean if if you have any scenes off the top of your head where we see stuff that link doesn't outside of like link exit a scene and the camera lingers for a little bit longer and like feel free to remind me because I don't think we've ever gotten a cutaway to something that's happening on the other side of the world before. Mm, no, I can't think of one. Yeah. And Onox explains that he's going to destroy all the seasons and throw things into chaos. And, God, why the hell did he want to do that? I think he's a servant of Twinrova. Right, but that's not revealed right away that he was brought around specifically to do that like in the beginning you talk to anox and it's just like "Oh, i'm gonna do the bad thing and i'm gonna do the bad thing for no particular reason i mean well he does look
0: like an iron knuckle and interestingly does bear the Gerudo symbol on his
1: chest he super does which yeah, pl- plays into quite a bit with what his origins actually are did we just want to talk about that now okay yeah let's talk about it okay So, the thing about Onox is that even though he's the ostensible villain of this game, one of the two villains of the Oracle series, he's actually a demon that was summoned from the world of darkness by Twinrova. And, Mm -hmm. assumedly, he was bound into a human form and suit of armor. And I didn't think that the form that he has was forged by Twinrova until you pointed out that he has the Gerudo symbol on his armor.
0: Okay, so you think he's just, his true form is that of a generic dragon demon type thing. Right. And they just bound him to uh, some iron knuckle armor.
1: Yeah, it's like the medium through which he exists in the world. Okay. And he's a big scary man who's going to mess up all the seasons, and he sinks the Temple of Seasons deep into the earth, and even though Din is already captive and chained to a rock, he then immediately traps her inside of a crystal. Okay, cool. Uh, th- it was one of the sequences in the game that felt really weird to me. Because it's like, why do you even have her chained to a rock if you were just going to shove her into a crystal right after? Well, you know, it's extra security. He had her chained to that rock for
0: like 15 seconds. Well, what if she breaks out of her chains? Then she'll just still be inside the crystal.
1: I, the, I think the chains actually break when the crystal forms. So it's like, why was she chained up in the first place? Oh, the friendly. chains
0: are just a temporary thing. It's like when you tie someone up before you take him to jail.
1: Is that what it is? Yeah. Do you think she needed to be chained to that rock before he could form the crystal Yeah, the, the
0: rock chains are just like handcuffs, and then the crystal is the pokey.
1: You don't think that maybe it's just a little bit weird? No. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, so all the seasons get completely fucked up, and nothing is working like it should. Things freeze over or turn to a really nice summer afternoon, or plants start growing out of control, riverbeds dry up, things just go all to shit simultaneously all over Holodrome. And it's up to Link to fix it. And Impa directs him to the nearest town where the Maku tree is. And Crystal, how much do you remember about the Maku tree?
0: I know it's kind of like the Deku tree. Uh, it... I believe in Seasons it is a boy, in Ages it's
1: a girl. Oh, is that what it is in Ages? I've actually never played Ages. And I'll have to get to that before the next episode. But, uh, yeah, it's basically like a uh, less... mm, What's the word I'm looking for here? It's basically like a less likable version of the Deku Tree. Well, okay, that's a bit mean. Is it? I mean, when's the last time you talked to the Maku Tree? Okay, what's a long time? What's so bad about the Maku Tree? Okay, uh, the thing about the Maku Tree is that... It gives you this important quest, right? And that's fine. You get important quests from trees in Zelda. It's a, big fo- it's a big nature spirit. Nature spirits are cool. Okay. The thing about this one is that he implies that he has the power to get up and go around and do all of this himself, but he's constantly begging off on the task of having to do anything because the seasons are messed up, which it's sort of fine, except why did he need to explain it in the first place? And he does it every single time he gives you a new direction to go in. Well, and Okay. And I just don't like him as much. He's big and he's doofy, and he's sort of indicative of the way that the Oracle games borrow a lot from the iconography of the rest of the series without building on them in ways as meaningful as I would have hoped. Well, what, you, what would you have liked from the Maku Tree? Um, I don't know that I necessarily wanted it to be a tree in the first place, but if it has to be a tree, I'd like for it to have its own sense of identity more... That's not just being a big feckless piece of crap. You don't like how he's asleep all the time? I don't particularly care for it, no. I gotta
0: admit it. You know, trees are generally known as fairly passive life
1: forms. Yeah, that's very true. Still, I don't know. Something about the maku tree bugs me. But that's not really super important. Uh, So, we could go into the specifics of every location that you travel through though that's going to require me to be looking at the plot summary. Is there much lore within the the dungeons? Um, The dungeons themselves, no. Not to the best of my knowledge. The closest thing we have to a dungeon that has lore in it is the Temple of Seasons in itself. And even that's really, really, uh, like, just face value in terms of how it's presented. Mm -hmm. The Temple of Seasons houses the essences of nature, which are things like uh nourishing soil and gentle wind and good sunlight, that sort of thing. Things which helps uh natural life grow. Okay. And every one of these that you recover from throughout Holodrum also re-strengthens the Maku tree. And if you are able to get all of them, the Maku Tree returns to his true power and it gives you a seed that you can use to break Onox's barrier, which that's cool. I like the, that it eventually is used to get your way to the final boss. But uh, Holodrum is a world that exists in two separate parts. There's the above ground world, which is Holodrum, the overworld, if you will, and then there's the underworld, which is Subrosia. Mm-hmm. And Subrosia, I think, in some ways, is more memorable to me than Holodrum is, even though it's completely uh, divorced from the primary progression mechanic of the rest of the game. Uh, The idea behind Oracle of Seasons, for anyone who doesn't know, is that in order to restore the essences of nature and put the seasons back in balance, you have to travel into Subroja, the underworld, find the Sunken Temple of Seasons, retrieve the Rod of Seasons, and use the Rod of Seasons to change the world from summer or winter into whatever it is that you have. And Subroge is interesting because it doesn't really have any seasons. It's just underground and full of lava all the time. And it's got little people in it, the subrosians who are just little people wearing robes and hoods who you never really get a very good look at. And there's only one of them that's gender coded in any way, and she's like a pop idol? I, okay. Do you remember this? I don't remember her. Oh, you don't... Re- oh, man, hold on. Let's see. Characters. I know the
0: Subrosians are all little shy guys.
1: They are super little shy guys with no masks. Uh, Though they're not very shy. They got big old sad eyes. Let's see now. Uh, the particular one that I'm thinking of is Rosa. You remember Rosa? She's a little uh, pink Subrosian with wearing a bow on her head.
0: Okay, yeah. She's got a big old bow.
1: Yeah, she's actually the one who originally leads you into Sabrosia, and you follow her through the secret entrances, and there's, like, a really long stealth sequence where you have to follow her around without getting caught. Oh, you know I love Zelda stealth sequences. Uh, Zelda stealth sequences are fucking pioneered in this one, let me tell you. But it's easier than most of them. It's not too bad. I actually don't mind it very much. Bakaria has a stealth sequence. <laughs> I don't even think of that as a stealth sequence. I guess I just glossed over that in my mind. Huh? Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, like, the specific way that this is handled is a little bit more involved because you have to follow people around for quite a while. But, anyway, uh, so Rosa's interesting because she's, like, this idol figure amongst the other Subrosians. All the other Subrosians want to date her, mm-hmm. but the only way that she'll date anyone is if she gets a nice present from them. Fair. And it's just interesting to me, in a way, because it's like— it turns like or no i i I don't really know how to describe but it has a very weird feeling when you're going through this particular sequence where you're looking for the best present to give to her so that she'll go on a date with you and then all the other subrosians freak out that you got a better present than they did
0: what's the present that you ultimately give her
1: the present that you give to her uh i believe that it is her ribbon after it's lost or yeah okay yeah like, she loses her ribbon, and then you can buy her a new one with a, uh ore chunk that you find on the beach. The beach being, like, this sandy area next to a giant ocean of lava. And this is all underground. This is all underground, you see. Everything okay. in Subroja is under the ground. I guess it's like this giant system of caves that exists under Holodrum, but it's not clear how deep it is. It's like Termino. Is it? Yeah. Huh. So you're saying, like, if we just found a big enough hole and fell down it, it would be in Sabrosia. Sure, if from Holodrum. Okay. So, so we're mm. so Termina exists underneath Hyrule, like in a physical space in a contained cavern beneath the earth.
0: A uh, physical, maybe semi-physically, semi-metaphysically. Is Termina where the demon tribe used to live? Yes, I'm okay. willing to stand by that at this very second and might
1: abandon that later. Okay, well, you know I'll forget it by the time the Skyward Sword episode comes around, so I guess I won't win. Let's see. What else is there about it? I'm going to be completely honest with you, Crystal. There isn't quite as much to mine out of this game as I expected going into it,
0: lore-wise. I kind of remembered these
1: games having a lot of lore, but I think that's just because I was a child. Well, I mean, there's a lot of talking in them. There's a lot of character interactions. You get things like sunken cities that are all over Subroja. You get... uh, And by sunken, I mean that they're flooded, literally. And, like, this way the seasons interact with each other and different routes between them play havoc with each other, it's all very interesting the way that works. But there's not much that you can derive from the game about the setting itself except that this is a very normal, like, uh, parallel Hyrule-type place that just happens to have a physical embodiment of the seasons in the Temple of the Seasons and the Oracle of the Seasons and the Rod of the Seasons.
0: Yeah, I do remember it being a little more uh, character-focused than, say, A Link to the Past, but maybe not with such depth as Ocarina or Majora. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think that probably it exists along the same line of progression that defined A Link to the Past and then Link's Awakening, where Link's Awakening is much more character-focused than Link to the Past was. Mm -hmm. And Oracle of Seasons is about as much more character-focused than Link's Awakening, as Link's Awakening was compared to A Link to the Past. Okay. But, uh... Yeah, this it's it's very interesting, though, because big parts of Holodrum also feel a lot like a fever dream version of Hyrule, in a sense. Like, you, you, you find Goron City in it, and, uh, you, yeah? and you go to the top, and it just has the Goron City theme playing on the Game Boy Sound chip when you're running around in it, and when you go to the top of it, you meet Big Goron, and his head's the size of the whole screen, uh-huh. and he feels sick, and to feel better, you have to give him... Lava soup. Because hot soup helps your tummy tums. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mallon and Talon are there. Uh, yeah. Completely. I don't really know how to parse the presence of Malon and Talon, if I'm being completely honest. They, you know, they just moved to Room. These are their descendants. These are their descendants. Hundreds <laughs> of years later. And the timeline. Okay. I guess I guess we need to get real for a second. Okay. There's lots of ways to read the timeline, right? Yes, and none of them is inherently more valid than others to which we apply similar levels of thought. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, see, I have to qualify it a little bit there. But like, where does where do the Oracle games go in all this? So, like, not not talking about the linked ending, which I think we should probably say for the Oracle of Ages conversation. Sure but just the way that this is set up where Malin and Talon live in Holodrum, and it seems sort of like it's taking place after Link to the Past, but also then sort of not.
0: Um, should, okay, should, should we talk about the the two official placings?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be
0: cool. So it's the sort of consensus that the fan community landed on was that this was a sequel to Link to the Past and a prequel to uh Link's Awakening.
1: That made good sense.
0: Which is also its position in uh in the Hyrule Historia. Right. In the more recent Hyrule Encyclopedia, it was placed after Link's Awakening and it starred a different link.
1: Okay. Placed after Link's Awakening starring a different link. So this is a totally new person. Yes. Oh. Oh. Okay. So if it's a totally new person that creates this new possibility space whereby it doesn't matter that Zelda and Impa don't recognize Link because of course they would they've never met yeah but then who is this kid who is link why does he why does he have access to the triforce chamber well
0: so the triforce is not held in hyrule castle it's held in some isolated castle in the forest somewhere okay so you know I guess if the Triforce is calling to this very special boy, as it does, it's been known to do that. Right. I... It just led him there. He went on a horse like, oh, the Triforce is pulling me this way to this hidden castle.
1: I guess it's a good thing that like no evil people exist in this version of Hyrule where the Triforce is just sitting out in a tower somewhere. Yeah, it's a weird place to put it. It's a weird place for
0: it to place itself. Maybe, I don't know, we didn't see it didn't see how he got
1: there. Maybe he had to cross to the Sacred Realm or whatever. Uh, okay. Then how did he do it at that if he's a new Link? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's a prequel cool
0: adventure to be told. It's, oh, okay.
1: But, mm, or okay. maybe it's just a sequel to a Link in the Past. Okay, okay. So that that's how it works in the two official timelines, so to speak.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it is fair to generally put it in the era of light and dark, so to speak.
1: Oh, God. Uh, Just to remind the listeners, the era of light and dark is... The general around, link to the past, link between worlds time. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. That makes good sense. I guess the only place where this starts... hmm, Maybe it doesn't even create problems in the accursed timeline, just taken in a vacuum. Though it's like, on some level it's also kind of doofy, because the thing that the Malin and Talon and the Deku Tree... And Impa and there's and the Gorons is that you meet all these people in relatively close proximity to each other and a lot of it feels like hey you guys remember this part of the other Zeldas you were playing bet you do sure but like so what yeah I know I I just expected it to have a more firm sense of identity for the world that I was moving in yeah it's hard to know what Holodrum is
0: because it's it's really the first place outside of Hyrule that's like just a place. That you could physically travel to regularly.
1: Right. Without any special portal or dream or whatever. Right. It's not like you've got to fall down into Wonderland and go into a time loop. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just like a neighboring kingdom across the sea, almost.
0: That also has oracles named
1: after the Triforce goddesses. Yeah. Apparently from a line of oracles who assumedly are similarly named. Yeah. Which is interesting. What sort of... Hmm. What sort of? Hmm. I still have trouble figuring out what it is. The do, do you do you happen to know why they named the oracles oracles in the localization? Ah, uh, gosh, what were they called in Japanese? Let me look this up. Did they have any special title in Japanese? They must have. Wait, no, because the Japanese title has nothing to do with the oracles themselves, right? So, uh,
0: they're referred to as shrine maidens in Japanese. You
1: know what? That actually makes a good deal more sense.
0: Yeah, I guess, if, if they're taking care of the temples
1: of the, the seasons or ages. Right. Yeah. that mm, it 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 creates a very different relationship between them and the gods than calling them oracles does, because oracles are like mouthpieces of the gods. I used to get into arguments with people who argued that the oracles were embodiments of the Triforce gods? Mm, yeah, I don't get that impression. Well, I mean, this was a long time ago, and people, generally speaking, weren't as careful about reading the text as they are today.
0: Yeah, the oracles seem pretty human. They're super, like,
1: normal humans most of the time, it seems. Uh, I guess Din does kind of look though I, uh, I mean, she's got a tan and red hair. Yeah? Is that all it takes? <laughs> yeah. Uh Okay. Well, yeah, okay. Sure. Why the hell not? Yeah, she looks kind of like a gerudo You think she's supposed to be a gerudo Maybe? I don't know.
0: So I guess you can consider the oracles to be almost like the similar role to what sages are in Hyrule?
1: Yeah, that would make sense. They're like the wise women who perform the necessary duties to channel the powers of the gods to keep the gears of the world turning.
0: But yeah, but they also have like other lives, you know, like Din's a dancer in a traveling troupe, Uh, uh, Nehru's a singer, and Ferrari runs a shop or something, doesn't she? Yeah, so like they, they are other people with their own stuff going on, but they have also on the side been chosen to regulate the seasons.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's just a thing that they need to go and do once every year or so, or just once every so often. Because Den's whole character established or very early in meeting her is that she's very much a free spirit mm-hmm. who isn't bound by a single place or a single duty, which almost runs counter to what you expect from the Oracle of Seasons. So that's well, it fits
0: cool. with the idea that she prefers to let the seasons run naturally.
1: Right, because that's just nature's course, which is very convenient when you don't want to live in the Temple of Seasons all the time.
0: Yep. I mean, sure, what's wrong with that? It's really something where she only needs to react if something goes bad.
1: Yeah, that's fine. That's, she's almost like a guardian of the seasons, so to speak. Right, A guardian of the seasons with no combat abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's a girl. Well, she can
0: dance to make people go twice in one turn.
1: Oh, Okay. Thank you. Thank you for making that joke for Monica's sake. She'll enjoy it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I actually like Din quite a bit, and I can see why. I I, I don't know if you were big on the Zelda community conversations at the time, but people shipped Link with Din really hard when these games came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, sure. Well, there's like a certain tension between them during that first scene where they dance together. Sure. When's the last time you saw it? All the time. I mean, like it's so. Is Dinah a grown woman? It's really unclear because Link's definitely like thirteen. That's uh, also really unclear. Uh, this is one of those games where everyone's age is so, uh, it's so ambiguous that you could assume that each of the main characters are anywhere between twelve and twenty. But yeah, Din's definitely uh, at least a couple of years older than Link, or comes across that way. She's definitely taller. Everyone's taller than Link. Everyone should be taller than Link. If anyone is ever shorter than Link, the person who designed it fucked everything up.
0: It is weird that Link appears younger than he does
1: in Link to the Past and Link's Awakening here. Yeah, I think that's just a consequence of the way that the art is done in this game. The Capcom-style art, as it were. And in case our listeners don't know, the Oracle games, I think, are the first instance of a Zelda game being handled by an outside developer. hmm Capcom. Capcom. But here's an interesting thing about it. Uh, all the art design was actually done by the same character designer as in—oh, God, please let me be right about this—as in Ocarina of Time. Really? He just switched over to a style. mode that, that he thought would fit Capcom's aesthetic more. Sure. I guess it does look vaguely Mega Man-y. Yeah, I actually didn't know that either until I read about it in the Arts and Artifacts. Huh. Or else one of the Iwata asks. I can't remember which.
0: I'm reading on the development of this game now. Apparently it, once again, was supposed to be a remake of Zelda 1.
1: Of course it was. I uh-huh. think pretty much everything is supposed to be a remake of Zelda 1.
0: They were going to develop six games, uh, two remakes, and then four original entries. And they wanted to release them like four to five months apart.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> that would have been something.
1: That's Capcom as fuck.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Wow.
0: That's interesting. But, so they did they did the writing before they did the gameplay. Oh my god. And one Hidemaro Fujibayashi, director of Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild was responsible for the gameplay design.
1: Right. So did the gameplay have to be fit to the story, so to speak?
0: Yeah, the team ran into problems because the scenario and the maps had to be reworked constantly to make all the modifications match that one that Mr. Fujibayashi was making to the map and the gameplay. Oh. Because they thought Zelda 1 was too hard for kids.
1: Oh, boy. This is emblematic of a lot of different design philosophies between Nintendo and Capcom.
0: So then they decided to pare down those six games into three games, one based on each piece of the Triforce, and they were going to link up. Then linking it three ways became too hard, so they just made two games.
1: Oh, boy, this is a story of compromises. Yeah, and then here's the Oracles. Huh, okay, well... I think on some level you can sort of feel that mechanically and narratively throughout it, that it's sort of hinting at larger worlds and interconnectedness that I think could have enriched it a lot, because I don't think they ever talk about the relationship between Holodrum and uh, Laburna, right? Right. Or is it Labrina? Laberna? La- Labrina, I believe. Okay. So we'll Not say like Labrina Labyrinth. for now. And later, when Monica asks me why the hell I pronounced it that way, I'll tell her you did it.
0: Well, hold on now. Say, so, say your pronunciation one more time.
1: Well, see, I, I, I haven't read the name of it in so long. Let me try and type it. It's like before. labyrinth, Labrina. Well, labyrinth isn't spelled that way. Mm. Labyrinth has the y between the b and the r. La- Labrina. Does labyrinth is spelled that way? L a b y r i n t h. Labyrinth.
0: Right. Labby. Oh, you're saying okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Labrina.
1: No, but it's it's clearly Labrina or Labrina or Labyrina. Labrina. Labrina. La, okay, we'll say Labrina. Labrina. So they never really I don't think they draw connections between Labrina and Holodrum, right? No, they're they're pretty separate lands. Right. But there is definitely a connection between these two kingdoms and Hyrule, because when you defeat Onox, after restoring all the seasons and gathering up the essences of nature and taking the Mocha tree's power and using it to break through Onox's barrier and using the or- the Rod of Seasons to fight Onox without harming Din, Onox dies, and this lights the flame of destruction. Mm-hmm. Now, the flame of destruction is one of two elements. Well, one of three elements. Needed to resurrect Ganon. Yes. So in some way... Onox Or Holodrum is tied to this ritual that can resurrect Ganon. So there is some relationship between Holodrum and Hyrule, or Holodrum and the ritual itself, but I'm not quite sure what it is.
0: I'm not sure that the ritual is tied specifically to Ganon. I think it's just used for resurrection in general.
1: So you don't think that it's like a Ganon special thing? It's not something that Twin Rover came up with on the fly?
0: No, I think it's something Twin Rover heard of that existed in these lands, uh, which they could manipulate events to light them to resurrect somebody, namely Ganon. Right,
1: okay. So we don't really have any connections between these kingdoms, but the idea that there may have been a connection once, I think that would have been really cool and made the setting a lot more full in a sense. Because right now, Holodrum feels more or less like a a map full of disparate cities that don't have anything in particular linking them. Which sort of fits with the traveling troupe of entertainers going back and forth between these relatively isolated uh, pockets of humanity. Mm -hmm. But it's also one of the only settings that doesn't have a super central location, unless you consider Subrosia to be its central location.
0: You think this maybe could have been, like, a lost province of Hyrule? Uh huh. Province of Hyrule. Because, like, Oracle of... L- Labrynna sort of has its own monarchy going. Right. But Holodrum, like you said, is sort of just a few towns scattered about
1: without, like, a central government. Right. And it seems like it originally was supposed to be centered around the Temple of Seasons. But without... But- Even then, the Temple of Seasons is empty. Nobody lives there. Yeah. So, it's almost like it's implying that Holodrum is sort of centered around the processes of nature itself. Sort of like, uh... God, they're... Huh. How would you phrase that? Mm, I'm not sure. I don't know either. But it feels like Holodrum, in a sense, is very much smaller in its representative distances and its representative scale than most of the kingdoms that we deal with in the Zelda series. Okay, I see what you mean. Because it's like, even in Majora's Mask, which geographically speaking is very small, you're also dealing with four disparate kingdoms that are scattered throughout Termina. But in Holodrome, pretty much everything is centered around a single temple. And a temple is a relatively small-scale thing in this franchise. So it's like the center of their world is also relatively small. It's kind of a strangely intimate setting when you look at it that way. It it reads like very low fantasy compared to the rest of The Legend of Zelda. Hmm, I hadn't thought of it that way. Sort of just a
0: little, not not even a republic, but like just folks who gathered around this temple.
1: Right. It's, like, literally just the—it could probably be better described as the province of Holodrome. Maybe not necessarily a province of Hyrule, but it's not a place that has to have a government because it's not big enough for it. Right. Everyone can take care of themselves. Right. Most of the justice system would be tied up in, like, smaller community policing itself and making sure that things are running the way that they're supposed to. Okay. And, uh... Huh. That's about all I got for that. Do you have anything else to say about the oracles of Seasons? Uh, it's fun. I like it. I like the Gorans in it. The ha- running into the Gorons was really weird, though. Because in Terminal, when you run into the Gorons, it's like, oh, this is like a mirror of what's going on in Hyrule. But when you meet them in Holodrum, it's like, what the fuck is happening here?
0: Yeah, I guess this is the start of Gorons just being everywhere. The Korans are just everywhere.
1: They're all over the world.
0: Yeah, they're in the the world of the Ocean King. They're a new Hyrule.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're everywhere.
1: They're in Termina. They're here. If we were able to travel outside of the Royal Palace, I bet we would have found them in the fucking Twilight Realm.
0: I mean, they're just rock people. There's rocks
1: everywhere. There's rocks everywhere. Sometimes rocks gain sapience. That is plainly true in this setting. They didn't gain it for... I bet they were just outside of the Little Kingdom while we're at it. Yeah, I bet they were there. We just didn't see them. We just didn't see them. Until the Little Kingdom got remade in Breath of the Wild.
0: You know, if they remade Zelda 1, they would put Zoras and Gorons and stuff in there.
1: Yeah, probably. I I would hope that they would, like, do a little bit more like Skyward Sword and create more original peoples. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Gorons and Zoras, but... It's always cool when they, like, flex a little bit, and then when you inevitably run into a Goron there, it's like, what the fuck are you doing here, you crazy eagle?
0: Yeah, but I kind of like how it is now, where the implication is that Hyrule has shrunk so much that it no longer even has a connection with the other races. It's just this tiny human land.
1: Yeah, yeah, that definitely does seem to be the case in Link to the Past and, by extension, the Oracle games. And even in the Oracle games, the Gorons live off mostly by themselves, and humans aren't really super familiar with them. Yeah. 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 It fits
0: with the idea that this is a lost province of Hyrule, where where the Gorons live. They lost the Gorons.
1: Good old Gorons. They're they my also,
0: They also lost the Deku Tree, and he changed his name to the Maku Tree.
1: And he turned kind of kind of a schmuck.
0: Well, he doesn't have to deal with that fucking royal family anymore. That's oh, true. it's so much nicer.
1: Yeah, there's no Ganons anywhere. Oh. And then, like, instantly, the very moment that a bad thing shows up, there's no defenses against it. Which is another interesting bit, because in most other settings, there's some degree of uh, subterfuge going on in the way that the evil interacts with the authorities of that land. No,
0: Holodrum is too simple for that.
1: I mean, there isn't anyone to be interacted with in that way, so... Onox. When he shows up, he's a conqueror, and that is almost completely unique in this series. At least up to this point. Like, in the older games, Ganon's been around forever. But in Link to the Past, he has to be prefaced by a Ghanim, who has to get in with the royal family. And in... Ocarina of Time, Ganondorf also has to get in with the royal family, get on their good side, get their defenses down.
0: But General Onox just comes
1: and sinks the most important place in the entire province and steals the Shrine Maiden and throws the whole place into chaos. You ever wonder what Holodrum would have looked like to an outsider across the border who's just seeing the seasons go? absolutely haywire but it's not really affecting what goes on outside of it it well you couldn't see because there's mountains all over it oh or do you think that when link changes the seasons in Holodrum, that it also changes the seasons in the outside world i would say that's localized to Holodrum. you think you don't think that maybe he just swings it and back in hyrule like all the horses look around when the grass freezes for no reason Now, I think the magic of the Temple
0: of Seasons is specific to this little region.
1: So it's not a thing that's created to keep the Seasons in order, but something by which you can manipulate the Seasons? I I suppose so, yes. But if that's the case, once they're removed and their power is scattered everywhere, why do the Seasons go haywire instead of returning to their natural order?
0: So, okay, so the Oracle of Seasons has run a program to make it run naturally without her intervention and then onox disrupted it
1: what if before the temple of seasons was built in the long ago and the oracle of seasons originally asserted her power over the flow of nature what if Holodrum was always like a tiny sliver of chaos oh that's an interesting idea Like, nature just goes berserk there, and nobody can really live there. Nobody can really thrive. Life itself is always on the edge, and things can only grow and take firmer hold of their environment if the Temple of Seasons is built to impose order upon that chaos. I like this idea. I kind of like it, too. It makes the whole thing make a little bit more sense when... Onox. knocks everything down, but... It also explains why larger settlements in Holodrum haven't been made, because nobody wants to try to build a kingdom in a place where at any given moment the wild might take back the entirety of the land. Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense to me. So this is just a region where this temple exists. There's some small settlement around it, but you, it would not even be desirable for large-scale colonization right
1: maybe it's you don't suppose it could be like a province of labrina do you maybe maybe part of the ancient libertarian kingdom i mean that would sort of make sense if like they they are connected if only because this this is the land of the oracles so to speak right
0: and zelda and impa can travel between
1: yeah i i gotta play oracle of ages because i still don't really understand how that part works but i think we're pretty close to a having mined all of it um let's see Onox comes from a world of darkness right yep what the fuck is the world of darkness oh demon realm you yeah. uh, know is there though like does that mean that he was pulled from the he couldn't have been from the sacred realm no no because it seems like the sacred realm sort of ceased to exist at the end of link to the past i there's just
0: demons in the dark realm that you can summon that's just the thing
1: See, now, though, that's not really, that's not really true in other Zelda games, though. Like, Phantom Ganon, for instance, right?
0: Vanish okay. Between Dimensions.
1: No, 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 go backward. Where does Phantom Ganon come from? Where does he come from? Ganon actually made him. Okay. Like, I think what he said was, what a, oh, God, what a pitiful creation that Phantom was, or something like that. Okay. So it's like demons don't just come from nowhere in this setting. They have to be from somewhere. And that changes a little bit when we get to Skyward Sword. But the Oracle games are the first time that we really get the idea that you can get like this evil realm that doesn't exist as a function of the world of light.
0: Hmm. Apparently there is a dark realm in the world of spirit tracks.
1: Well, yes, that's definitely true. Wait. Did you never play Spirit Tracks?
0: No, I did. I did. I just, oh. I wasn't, I forgot the fact that they had a whole separate demon world. Oh, yeah. The, where the, the demon oh, trains come from.
1: The overworld theme for the demon world in Spirit Tracks is so good. Uh. Everything about Spirit Tracks is so good. Maybe
0: uh, Twinrova did make Onux and also made their own little pocket dimension to hold all their demon creations. Wait a second. Their- I've
1: been calling him Orox this entire time. It's Onox, isn't it?
0: Yes. Ugh! Okay. That's okay. Oh, no. Poisty. Okay, okay, okay. Give me a good read on Onox, and I'll edit it in every time.
1: Oh, that's going to get really super fucking obvious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You know what? If you actually do this, I like that bit enough. <clears throat> Onox. Okay, good. Good read. That's it. Okay, cool. I'm glad, that we, I'm glad we decided to do that. And you have to leave this exchange in. Or do you, would that work better if you took it out? I'll, I'm going to leave it all in. Okay, good. And you're just going to have me saying this every time. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, I was doing... In my head, he's been aurochs for, like, almost 20 years.
0: Um, so after you kill Onox, it does cut to a scene of a mysterious pair laughing, saying, the true threat is still coming.
1: That's awfully silly for them to say that, the true threat. I don't know if that's their exact wording, but something like that. They're talking to me, the player. Uh Uh-huh. Stop talking to me, game. Okay, well... You're getting away from me here. You're you're divesting me of this idea that I'm separate from Link, and that's not supposed to be how it happens. Oh, go ask your mom to buy the other game. I can't; that was too expensive to get both. Hey, Cameron, you want to answer some questions? Oh Jesus, do I ever? Uh, where can people send us questions, Cameron? They can send questions to Book of Medora Podcast at Gmail dot com. Once more, Book of Medora Podcast at Gmail dot
0: Okay, we have a few Twitter questions and a few email questions. You wanna? Do you have the emails up? Uh, No, but I can pull them up in like half a second. Okay, let me read the first one. Okay. Dear Crystal and Cameron, I wanted to point out that Nabooru's position as Ganondorf's second-in-command only happened after she was captured and brainwashed by Kotake and Kome. All references to her being second-in-command are in the future. Meanwhile, when you meet her in the past, she identifies herself as a lone wolf thief, not a leader. So that was definitely something that Kanondorf, my controlled her into, with a car that Ganon. Sincerely, still Cameron's wife.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I don't think we touched on that in the episode. and In fact, it probably escaped me entirely. But it does create this understanding of Nabooru's role in the Gerudo tribe, where she used to be very much off on her own. And everything that she did in a leadership capacity was against her will,
0: huh? Yeah, I was under the impression that she was number two, even in the past.
1: No, no, I still Cameron's wife is very correct here in saying that the only references there are in the future, and that she does describe herself as a lone wolf thief, specifically. Hmm. In fact, the only ones of Ganon's followers that she ever refers to are the ones that she intends to rob in the Spirit Temple. Which well, does, m- there's, there's some serious mind-control shit going on off-screen in Ocarina of Time that we never see.
0: But she's... but So Ganon doesn't really command the Gerudo that we see, right? Right. So she's second in command of
1: Ganon's demon army? You mean in the future? Yeah. Well, no, I imagine that she is actively controlled by Twinrova into leading the Gerudo, who do specifically refer to her as their leader.
0: Okay, okay. The great Noburu. But the Gerudo don't really do anything against Hyrule. Well, no, why would they? So I guess they didn't really succeed
1: in in their plan? Well, I mean, it's more that... Okay, uh, put it another way. What's one of the reasons you would use a mind-controlled person to palaver with people who you don't currently mind control. I don't know why draw more people into the web. Okay. So you get more iron knuckles. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz
0: all the iron knuckles are druidos. Right. It's and even up. the iron knuckle onux is someone trapped, well not so trapped, but sealed in a suit of armor.
1: Right. guess that's just oh. what the
0: iron knuckles are.
1: Yeah. Do I want to get the next yeah. email? Okay. Let's see here. The next email comes to us from uh Did not actually sign off on it, so I will use the name from the line up here. Uh, Oh, yep, yep, signed off on it. I'm a a, a big dumbo. Hi, my name is Cassie. I have a few questions. Is there textual evidence that insists that Tetra is a part of the royal bloodline, or is it possible that, like Link and Ganon, Zelda can be any person worthy of being an avatar of Hylia slash wisdom? Part of me wonders what would happen if the royal bloodline died out. Oh, that's a good question. Mm. It makes sense that the land of Hyrule looks much different in the various games as a product of game design. But what do you think of the idea of Hyrule being a mutable realm that changes Mm. over the centuries due to the control of the Triforce, shifting hands and fulfilling subconscious desires? Is there any reason the Triforce isn't used to quell the Ganon Cycle, other than it killing the primary conflict that is replayed game after game?
0: Okay, so there's kind of three different questions here.
1: I like these questions. Yeah, they're for very good different.
0: As far as the first one, it it seems pretty clear that she is, in fact, the descendant of Zelda. Yeah, like you see that picture of the royal family where all her attendants look like the pirates.
1: There's a lot going on in her room where you can see like her ancestor, and it's it, it seems very clear that she is very much descended from the Hyrulean royal family. But, but that's actually not the half of the question that I find so interesting.
0: Right. Could a Zelda not descended from the Royal Bloodline become Zelda Avatar of Hyrule's Ash wisdom?
1: I want to say yes. Okay. I want to hear your answer on this before I get into the whys of Mino, because I'm going um, to just fucking prattle on for a while.
0: Gosh, you know, before Skyward Sword, I might have said, yeah, sure. But they really seem to be hammering on the idea that Zelda is special because... She has the blood of the goddess.
1: Mm, Well, Skyward Sword specifically makes... Or or do you mean the descendants of Skyward Sword Zelda? Yeah, so Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild, basically. Okay, but the thing about it is that I think Breath of the Wild actually makes a counter-argument to that. In that Zelda in Breath of the Wild isn't important to the Triforce just as she is. Like, right. circumstance dictates who she is, but it's something that's taught to her, something that she has to grow into, something right. that she has to become. Mm-hmm. She is nothing without her own growth, her ability to become more than she is, her ability to awaken to all of these feelings that expand her perspective so much that it allows her to wield the power of the gods. Without that, reduced just to blood, she is just another person
0: she was like some sort of illegitimate child or something that might be interesting but like we we have examples of link doing this we don't have a hard example for zelda it's true
1: we don't but i i like to think that because it's possible for link to rise to the status of link to become the hero to gain the soul of the hero when he did not have it before, then it must also be possible for that role to be fulfilled by, uh, we'll say, an adopted daughter of the royal family. Sure. I think that being Zelda is more about context, about time and place and education, than it is about who your parents were. Now, the games are never going to go in that direction. It's always going to be a bloodline thing. Because one of the monarchist ideas that the Zelda series has never backed away from is that blood matters. Wouldn't it
0: have been fun if New Hyrule was not a monarchy?
1: Yeah, I think so. It would have been fun.
0: Yeah, it would have been fun if, if Zelda was not a princess Zelda, but just uh, some lady named Zelda who also earns her role into being the Avatar of High Wisdom.
1: She's President Zelda. Yeah,
0: or not even President Zelda, just you know, some girl.
1: Mayor Zelda.
0: No, not even a political politician, just some girl.
1: Councillor Zelda.
0: Not a counselor. She's like
1: she she paints. Prefect Zelda. No. Oh, fine. Okay. So what would happen if the Royal Bloodline died? I think that we would see uh Oh uh, uh, that would be such a cool plot to go along Oh, that would be cool. I think that we would see my ideas about this uh bare fruit and that the world would have to have someone who could rise to that. And we would finally have someone fulfilling that role who was not a girl named Zelda, born of the royal family. And that doesn't mean that she wouldn't have the heart of the goddess, because I think that once she rises to that need, she would. But she wouldn't be the same person that we see every time. It could be a Lincoln. I didn't play the anything involving Linkle in Hyrule Warriors. Oh, Linkle's cool. You never played Hyrule Warriors.
0: No. But well, I like Linkle. Um, yeah, we're so close to the Royal Bloodline dying
1: out in Wind Waker, man. Uh, we're super fucking close to the Royal Bloodline dying out in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. There's that's, a that's period true. of a hundred years where it's not on the planet. Yep, and yep. And, yep. like, everyone assumed that the Royal Bloodline was dead. Oh, man. That's harsh. It will never die out. But it would be cool if it did, and I think that Hyrule would still find a way to be okay. Yep. Uh, let's get to Cassie's next question. So,
0: yeah, I was talking about Hyrule being a mutable realm with you uh, not too long ago.
1: That, yeah. like, sort
0: of like when in the backstory of Wind Waker, mountains sprouted up because they had to. Yes. Yeah. And the the realm just shifts over the ages based on the needs of the realm and the nature of the royal family and sort of the character of the people living in it
1: sort of a canonization of the necessity of game design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I can buy into that. Um I don't think that we ne- to necessarily read that happening because again you can read all of these games as not being strictly literal retellings of things that have happened or even very strictly historical related historically related to each other but yeah i I like the idea of hyrule shifting over time to reflect the people who guard the triforce or in response to the encroachment of dark forces or all that shit like that that's super cool that's a good i like
0: so here's a question for you cameron okay how come they don't just use the triforce to shoot cannon
1: uh they actually do in breath of the wild yeah It doesn't work. Yeah. He just gets super pissed.
0: Yeah, again. See, here's the thing about Ginn. He's very mad. He's like Kratos.
1: Oh, no. He's very mad. You had to bring him back to fucking God of War again. The second time. Okay. I haven't played another God of War game that you haven't played yet, so I can't tell you about another stupid thing Kratos did.
0: You can spoil God of War for me. I don't care.
1: Wait, which God
0: of Wars have you played? None of them.
1: Oh... Oh, ah, oh. ah! Oh, you're better off. Oh, actually, you might like the first one. You might like that first one. Yeah, okay. I mean, just the idea behind Gandal. Uh, sorry, God, shoot me. Um, uh, the idea behind Kratos is that he only has two settings. He's either completely filled with rage at the injustice that's been done to him, and then when he has nothing left to be angry at, he gets so depressed that he kills himself. So there's Mad Dad and Sad Dad. No. He's not even sad. He just finishes his quest and then immediately commits suicide. Mm -hmm. He has nothing to live for. Right, because all he had was his anger. And with that taken away from him, he's got nothing left. And I thought that, like, when I first beat God of War back in 2005, and, like, at the end of God of War, spoilers for this old-ass game, Athena rescues him as he tries to kill himself and tells him that the plan that the gods have for him is not fulfilled yet and enshrines him as the new god of war and right. he's not fucking happy about it. Mm-hmm. And you get this long shot of him with this look on his face where he's plainly brooding and you think, okay, this they are setting us up for a conflict between Kratos and the other gods. And I thought, that's good. That's a good use of this horrible person as a character. So maybe the only way to the Ganon is to let him win. No, I think that's probably a bad idea too. No. Okay. Because Kratos is fueled by hate. Ganon is fueled by hunger. And he'll just keep going, keep reaching. There's no end to greed, right? Right. But the big reason nobody uh, uses the Triforce to kill Ganon outside of Breath of the Wild, I think, is that most of the time, by the time you have the Triforce, Ganon's already dead. Yep. And nobody thinks to go, aha, we must now wish that Ganon will never return. Would that even work? Uh I think at some point in the past it might have worked, but as of the time of Breath of the Wild and 10,000 years before it, no, it would not work anymore. The curse is too strong. It's a hell of a fucking curse, Crystal. Uh, Would you like to read the next email? Okay.
0: Dear Book of Medora, the Zelda game where you play as Zelda should be a princess maker-like. Only you as Zelda make decisions about how you spend your time skipping the weird paternalistic shit that was in the Princess Maker games. Divvy up your time studying, training, meditating, magicking, doing your royal duties, or sneaking off as Sheik. The end goal of the game is to gain the right balance of stats so that you are worthy to wield the full Triforce and defeat Ganon. However, I'd also like if there were several other changeable end states. So you would have to play very carefully, like in the Princess Maker games, to end up with the support of your people, your alliances with the other races intact, your sages are champions all alive, and the option to smootron Link, or a range of other options if desired. You basically have to prioritize these matters, and it'd be difficult to pull off all the good end states, because life isn't just fair for Zelda. The game would also have many branching critical moments, where you have to make decisions that will have far-reaching consequences. Anyways, since Nintendo will definitely not make this game, let's
1: create it on our own, okay? Signed, probably Cameron's wife. Did you ever play a princess maker? I did not, but that sounds pretty good. Yeah, they're very interesting games. Like, there's some weird shit in them, but uh, probably Cameron's wife played one of them. I'm not quite sure which one when she was much younger, and she was just sort of enamored with it. It was the coolest shit. The idea behind it is that you have to balance out your stats, and, like, there's all sorts of stats that you can invest in. If you're—there's a particular stat, I think it might be purity, where if your purity is high enough, instead of fighting monsters, they'll actually just talk to you. That's cool. Like you're such an enlightened person that they don't see you as someone to be fought in the first place. They're like, oh, you're you're super cool. You're cool in a way that monsters understand. And I kind of like the idea of Zelda in a Princess Maker style game that doesn't have the i the whole thing. When you're playing Princess Maker, you're playing the potential princess's father. And okay. you basically have to decide how her day goes over the course of, I think it's a couple of years, to shape her into the kind of person she will eventually become. And right. shifting that over so that you're Zelda making these decisions about how to spend your own time is pretty nice. That's cool. Okay. And there's all kinds of different endings you can get where you have uh, in Princess Maker these different um, end states, different jobs sort of that your princess can have. Like, she can be a teacher, or she can be a politician, or she can be empress of the world. That's the good ending. Nice. Yeah, it's okay. it's cool stuff. But there's also these endings where she can be, like, a dominatrix. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's like, I think that one's if you get, like, really high aggression and really low something else. Anyway, imbalances lead to interesting outcomes that really read strangely in this game where you're raising a little girl. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's probably Cameron's wife enjoyed Princess Maker when she was younger. And I never got deep into the game myself. I always found it uh, hard. But I think that a Zelda game in that style could be pretty neat. I play Princess Zelda Maker. Yeah, Princess Zelda Maker. Do you want to read our next email? Okay. Hello. I'm really enjoying the podcast so far. Here are a couple of questions I have. One, why is Ocarina of Time Link... Unable to wield the Master Sword as a child, but Wind Waker Link, who is a child, can use it. Two. Why can Link see ghosts and spirits in other games, but in Twilight Princess he must become a wolf in order to do so? Ben. Both very good questions. Those are good questions. Well, the Master Sword is smaller in Wind Waker. It's actually super smaller. Like, it's fucking huge in comparison in Ocarina of Time. Yep. Or maybe Link's just even shorter. Maybe. He's not a big kid. In Ocarina, I I, I think it's not so much a question about being able to carry the Master Sword as being ready to fight Ganon. Because when you draw the Master Sword in Wind Waker, you've already gained the soul of the hero, and Zelda's with you, and the king is with you. You are not alone. Sure, But in spite of everything, up to a certain point, up until the very last blow in Ocarina of Time, Link has to do all this shit by himself. And, uh, no, there's no good answer to this question. It's just a silly little thing.
0: Yeah, it always felt weird to me how they're like, oh, we have to let Ganon rule for seven years
1: just because. Yeah. We can't just attack him now. And it's like the Master's Sword itself seals Link in that seven-year sleep. Mm hmm And, uh, wow, that's letting a lot of people suffer an awful lot. Link has to be older. Link has to be able to fight, I guess, but still, that, it's fucking harsh. Okay.
0: Why? Why can Link see ghosts and spirits in other games, but not in Twilight Princess, unless he's a wolf?
1: Because in Twilight Princess, he's a stooge. Yeah, he's just he's just a, he's just not a not a very sensitive, smart man. He's a joth. Okay, why don't you tell our listeners what a joth is?
0: It's a mix of a
1: jock and a goth. Okay, and what? Tell me about the axes.
0: Uh, there's there's goth. There's prep, there's nerd, and there's jock.
1: Right. And it goes prep to goth and nerd to jock. hmm Okay. Just to be clear. But what does that explain? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're getting away from trying to have to answer the question here, Crystal. You're making meme references without actually saying anything. Okay. um, I don't know. Why can't, why can't he see ghosts?
0: Because he's dumb is what you said, right?
1: Yeah, he's a student. He's not
0: spiritually attuned.
1: He's the kind of guy who gets shit handed to him on a plate, and all he has going for him is his physical strength, and he has to get in touch with the soul of an actual hero to be able to understand the world around him, and that's still compartmentalized in his mind in such a way that he can only interact with that awareness while wearing the skin of the old hero as he understands it. Because when he thinks of the hero's shade, it is as a golden wolf, not a as a skeleton carrying a sword. And it's only when he understands himself in that same context that he's sensitive sensitive enough to see the spirits of the people around him. That makes sense to me. It could also be that they're not exactly spirits when they're in the Twilight Realm. And when Link is a human, it's like his senses aren't attuned with the Twilight Realm in the first place. But the wolves, as a product of the Twilight, can see the Twilight Realm. That's another possibility. But I like the idea that he's just a stooge who has to get in touch with who he is on the inside. Crystal, do you have any Twitter questions for us? I do. I do. I do have some Twitter questions. Let me bring them up. Okay. Uh, I actually have
0: two myself. Okay, uh, Let's read the first one from Tim Garris. Is Link's Awakening Link the one that eventually shows up napping in the Rosetown Inn in Super Mario RPG?
1: Holy shit. When did Tim send you this?
0: Oh, this is way back in the day. It's on our little Google Doc.
1: Oh, is it? Damn it, I haven't looked at the Google Doc in too long.
0: Now, that Link does have brown hair, which suggests that it is Zelda 1, Zelda 2 Link.
1: Right, because he hasn't got pink hair, or because Link to the Past Link usually is depicted with uh, blonde hair?
0: Yeah, well, he's neither pink nor blonde. That's true. Yeah, it is. Okay, so his old school
1: Link showed up. His old school Link. That okay. was an easy one. You want to read one of yours? Okay, well, these are just a lot later. Could you... Uh, uh, let me open that document or questions there it is okay god oh no i pressed enter without pressing down on my keyboard i'll read
0: I... one from dr Polystein. when will they admit that link is tingle's father they won't because he's not hold on
1: is that a question that someone wrote
0: uh, i got a lot of shit post questions oh why is that uh, Z- in- a zack sent in uh what do decunuts taste like wood
1: uh crystal i don't see any questions in this document
0: well i'm reading from my twitter i haven't pasted them in yet
1: but god damn it
0: Okay, uh Karibo Shu asks, why can't Zelda crawl? She can.
1: She can, she totally can. What? Uh John Ham
0: asks, why did not they call Wind Waker's Art Style Zell Shading? Oh, that would have been fun.
1: That could have been fun, yeah. But I mean like cell shading at the time was so unusual.
0: Uh Roxanne asks, is going inside a Deku Tree Vor? Yes it is.
1: No, it's not. God
0: damn you all. Um and uh M asks are the Sheikah Highlands? I feel like the answer to this
1: changes. Yeah, I I I think that um, we 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 can definitely understand Sheikah to be a separate ethnicity from the Hylians most of the time. They so back in the day they were guardians of Hylia herself, right? Yeah, if we're talking about like Skyward Sword, they were just humans. Everyone was humans. Well, that so that's what I'm t- thinking about. Like in
0: Breath of the Wild is the only game where they're really just folks. In the other games, they almost struck me as like creations of the goddess is that what you see
1: that as is it because impa in skyward sword lives for hundreds and hundreds of years yeah well i mean she's a sage they live for long times oh man that's actually oh my god the ancient sages in breath of the wild are just a callback to how long impa lived oh okay cool huh. yeah um
0: i don't know they, they strike me as distinct from Hylians.
1: Yeah, they, they, they're they definitely a separate ethnicity. There was a time in the past where there wasn't really a delineation between them, according to my reading, but right now, yes, they're different.
0: There are also round-eared humans who are distinct from Helians.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's one of the things that the games have never been super-duper consistent on. Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. Do you have your Twitter questions? Yeah, there's just a, just a couple of short ones here. This first one is from Joel, a giant monster. Practical concerns aside, uh, this is a question relating specifically to Oracle of Seasons. Okay. Uh, practical concerns aside, do you think canceling the planned third game in the Oracle series was a good idea or a missed opportunity? By which I guess I mean, do you think they could have done a third game without stretching ideas too thin? Uh, hmm. Yes. I
0: don't, I don't know what they would have done in the third game, honestly. Like, these are, these are pretty solid successors to Link's Awakening. I,
1: but, like, what, what else are they going to do? I don't know. Uh, the third game could have taken place in Hyrule. Maybe. Or something. I don't know. There's a, there's a, a. The question of what could they have done creates an infinite possibility space.
0: But like, the third game was always going to be playing very similarly to these two games.
1: Yes, though I think the structure of Ages and Seasons is pretty different, just on its face.
0: Sure. The Seasons is a little more action-focused. Ages a little more puzzle-focused.
1: Right. So what would be the third focus? I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. I I think in some ways it's a missed opportunity, but considering that the cancellation of the third game wasn't due to a lack of ideas, it was just because of mechanical problems, I think it was probably the right call ultimately. Yep, yep. I like the idea that it's a missed opportunity is uh very tempting to latch on to because i like the idea that we could have had more and they would have interlaced into each other in much more interesting ways because it's since we know they made the story first we also know that there's a third of the story that was just left on the table
0: canceled games are always better than released games that's
1: bullshit but yeah that could have been really cool
0: People just let their imagination run wild when it comes to cancel games or deleted scenes or whatever, and they always imagine them to be better than they probably actually would be.
1: Oh, like the Zelda 64 beta where you could definitely go to the uh, temple in the sky and get the Triforce? hmm Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have one more. Uh okay. Dori Mingu. Not necessarily Zelda-related, but what is an Oracle of Seasons? Is it what they divine or their working hours? I don't, I don't don't know. That's fucking me up. That question, wow. That gets to the heart of the matter. (sighs) Because I mean, like, strictly speaking, they don't divine anything. They're not oracles in that sense. They're caretakers. She's more of a caretaker of the seasons. Or guardian of the seasons.
0: Yeah, she strikes me as, well, as a shrine maiden.
1: Yeah, that's not, that's, that's a pretty good way of doing it. But like one of those shrine maidens who has to like, occasionally exercise the piss out of demons who come too close to the shrine yep a real real to uh sh- sure yeah okay i think that's all we got all right i can't remember where can people find you online they shouldn't i don't think they should but if they want to they can look at cam writer on twitter you can find me at arcane crystal on twitter and you'll also
0: find a uh, lot of great shows on audio oh
1: my god is this our first your favorite audio- shows on audio is this is this our first plug for uh-huh. audio entropy? You, you like
0: digimon we got a show for that Oh, okay. You like uh, you like uh, Homestuck? Power we have three uh, Homestuck podcasts. Yeah, Power Rangers. Power Rangers on there. There's a totally uh, totally spies. Uh-huh. There's, uh huh. There's a Let's Plays podcast where we objectively
1: and scientifically rank every video game ever made according to quality. I have never listened to an episode of Let's Plays, and I don't know if I can. Hey, Cameron. uh what's up, Crystal? You know what's a good Zelda joke? Uh, a
0: one we don't tell. The Wand of Gamelon. Ah uh, Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, that's pro. okay. That's okay, not- that's the end of the episode.